You are listening to The Quest for 100, a discussion on everything you never knew you wanted to know. And now your hosts, Justin and Brian. Oh, hi there. This is Justin, as the man so graciously introduced us, uh, and I'm here with my, as always, partner in crime, Brian. Hello, Justin. We uh, we are here. It's it's a, a Monday recording, which we don't typically do, and we had a snow day today. Uh, Seattle got hit with some, we got a couple inches of snow, and uh, as someone from the East Coast knows best, when even a little sprinkle of snow happens, the whole city shuts down. Uh, there are reasons for it, but it is funny. This would you, kids are going to school on a day like this in the East Coast. Yeah, same, same with even Eastern Washington. Yeah, yeah, we're yeah. going to school. I, I saw a couple of memes making fun of uh, University of Washington for being shut down for five inches of snow, and sometimes I mean I think I've in my thirty-two years of life, uh, only one day has been canceled at the the Washington State University. Wow. That might even be more intense than what I'm used yeah. to. Interesting. Yeah, well, Seattle is full of lots of hills. So similar to San Francisco in a lot of ways, if, but we actually get snow every once in a while. And it you just can't drive up hills here. And yeah. so I, I get it, and people aren't prepared. Prepa- or yeah, they're not it. really prepared yeah. for it. That's the problem is that is that you could drive up the hills if you put chains on, mm-hmm. and but nobody puts chains on. Yeah. Everybody thinks that their two-wheel drive is, is good enough. Yeah. And it, it's not. not. You're, you're going backwards. Yeah. And so it's actually scarier for us, yeah. people who can drive <laughs> yes. in the snow. Yeah. Because I, I just I was kind of dreading going to work when I woke up because I just didn't want to get out there with all the other people who maybe aren't equipped as well as I am. So. Yeah. Uh, we also have a uh, special um, recording spot today. We are in my house yeah very exciting the the smart house yeah that we talked about earlier yeah but uh and and we have a beautiful view of the snow outside which i thought was a nice touch it it is it is (laughs) i hope i mean i almost thought about should we switch our topic today to snow but Mm. i think i think our little short term yeah and and our our topic today is is very on point so yeah which what is our topic today Brian? well well, we're going to talk about pets and, and the reason we're going to talk about pets is is because yesterday, um, it was the Puppy Bowl, and, and we also have the Westminster Kennel Club uh, dog show coming up this weekend. So it's a very big time in, in the world of dogs, specifically. Yeah. Uh, but so that's why we decided to talk about pets. But but before we get into that, uh, I think we we need to catch everybody up since last time. Mm-hmm. And, and we've got a little feedback from your wife. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, she's actually in the house right now, so she might be listening Uh-oh. to this, which makes it extra awkward. Yeah. But, so I'll whisper it to the listeners. No, but uh, no, she actually gave me some some feedback the other day and, and uh, told me not to eat so much on the uh, podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently I make weird noises with my mouth. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, we've had cookies, milk. Yes. Yes. But treats. I will say... Uh, we just have to be more strategic with how we eat and yeah. drink on the podcast. Well, and, and now with our new equipment, I think we can be yeah. much more. Yeah. She, she hasn't experienced your eating with the new equipment. Yes, not yet. Not, not yet. yet. So, but, 
Um, so yeah, so she gave me some feedback, and she also said sometimes we ramble too much. Yeah, we do, but that's okay. We knew that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and hopefully you guys uh, enjoy most of it. I'm sure you're like, come on, get to the next topic yeah. at times. But exactly. we do our best. Exactly. Well, you know, my my since last time was actually, um, you know, our normal recording day comes on Tuesdays mm-hmm. because you and I would both go to trivia night uh, mm-hmm. at a, at a local establishment and. I just wanted the listeners to know and and oh, yes. that this is one of the reasons that we are doing this is is to provide people with some knowledge for kind of trivial facts. Mm-hmm. And the viaduct um, and our traffic uh, podcast came up as one of the trivia questions, and it was actually the tiebreaker. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, our team, we didn't need it, but we got it spot on, and, and it was... Uh, the year that the first section of the viaduct actually opened up. Do you remember what year that was? Uh, I believe that was 1953, Brian. Good work. Good work. <laughs> yeah. So so that was my, my sense last time. It just resonated that there's a purpose behind why we're doing this. And and uh, if nothing else, for not for our listeners, it's for you, know, you and yeah. I personally yeah. to gain I mean, some knowledge. It's really just Brian and I talking, and you guys happen to be listening in. Um, so hopefully we entertain you, but really we're just having a conversation. Yeah. So uh, my my quick since last time, so it was actually my birthday this last week. Um, so I had a couple people over uh, to celebrate. Uh, Brian was one of them. I was. And uh, in a fun, uh, unexpected, I guess in some ways, um, Brian met some of our listeners that he's never met before, and so they put a put a uh, face to a voice. Yes, I, I like that one of your one of your friends uh, was like, "Have I met you before? You <laughs> sound very familiar." No, 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 we hadn't met, but but I've been in your car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that that was fun. It was a fun night. Yeah, played some played some games. Yeah. Played a game called fishbowl or bowls, as some call it, where you uh, pull out of a hat and you have to act and whatnot. It's a lot of shenanigans. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What do you mean? That was yes. Also what fun. do you mean? That was also good. Yeah. I so, won that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good. Good. Well, we we've got a correction from our beauty episode, mm-hmm. so so let's let's uh, take care of that first. Please hang up and try again. Was that wrong? So last time uh, we we had our beauty episode and. I was made fun of because I said that a beauty blogger would be uh, a name would be Judy. And from a little bit of work I've done in the video realm, I I had known that there was a Judy who was a YouTuber, but I couldn't remember what the name of her actual show was. Um, So I didn't know if her actual name was Judy, but uh, it's Judy time has uh, 1.5 million subscribers. Legit. Yeah. So, so I just wanted to make sure that we corrected that and, and I was not wrong there. Yeah, that was the key in that Brian just didn't want to be wrong. Correct. And so that's why there's a correction. Yeah. But for the most part, when we listened through that last episode, uh, most of that was pretty on point. So not, not, we don't have to focus too much on the corrections. And I think we've decided that we're going to have guests a little bit more often. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not going to come every 10th episode. We're going to have more than 10 guests throughout this journey that we're on. So yeah. And uh, before we, we we jump into the news here, um, I did want to say, you know, for for those who are new to listening, I want to just give a little bit of background. We are um, a once a week podcast where we like to share a little bit about um, 
Sorry, I'm just watching my dog wander around. This is new to if you hear a little pitter patter, that's uh that's my dog. Um, which is perfect for this episode. But uh <laughs> Yeah, I, I from the visit that I had for your birthday, uh I noticed that your dog is very shy. Yes, he is. He's a rescue. But uh, uh anyway, so he um we do this once a week and we focus on a different topic. So this week is on pets. And uh, every week we like to uh, catch up on a little news related to the topic and uh, bring some some knowledge and stats and then uh, have some friendly debates and and, uh, questions that really make you think. So I think it's time for the news. You're a newsman. I ever tell you otherwise, punch me in the face. So the reason behind our our episode today, or one of them, uh, obviously both of us are, are pet people, so... Uh, we wanted to talk about pets at some point, but the puppy bowl just happened, and uh, I, I just find it fascinating. <laughs> You're so enthralled by your dog right now. He's usually not this mobile, but he's all over the place. Yeah, yeah. Well, so uh, a little bit of uh, background on the puppy bowl. So the puppy bowl began in 2005, um, so this is the 15th year of the puppy bowl, um, and uh in 2015, that's when they started to divide uh, the the players mm-hmm. in quotes um, the players into two teams. Um, so these are all animal shelter dogs. This year, 93 pets from 51 shelters were used, um, and they have to be between 12 and and 21 weeks. And okay. There's also size and weight limitations. So it's not like I mean they're puppies, but they're not necessarily like puppy puppies. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So 21 weeks, I mean, that's that's fairly old. But, I mean, yeah. you're still – I would still yeah. consider you a puppy. Yeah. Uh, interestingly, th- the um, – so Team Rough and Team Fluff. Yes, of course. Uh, yeah, because why wouldn't you call them <laughs> Team Rough and Fluff? Um, they're two and two. Uh, oh. Lifetime, historically. Interesting. Yeah. So okay. I, thought, I thought that was interesting. Um and uh, uh, team this year, Team Rough won fifty nine to fifty one over Team Fluff. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, they covered this point spread. Oh, wait, is there actually a point There's spread? There's actually a point spread. <laughs> you want to guess what that point spread is? Oh man! Uh, so, say, so they won by eight. Yep. Well, I would say four, seven and a half. Oh no. <laughs> I, so, I want to go to Vegas the cover. and bet on the poppy bowl. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it was a backdoor cover, too, because I think there was a field goal or something. I heard about a late field goal, yeah. which it beats me how yeah. you get a late field goal with a dog, but I guess there's some way to there do it. There was a double touchdown and a late field goal. <laughs> the Why double not? touchdown is apparently when two dogs carry chew toys across the end zone at the same time oh interesting yeah yeah man that's that's pretty that's pretty epic and uh it's it's pretty cool too because they they do it for a good cause and i think all of those uh dogs or puppies get adopted afterwards i'm pretty sure yes yes it's uh it brings awareness and, and actually it's it's actually very difficult to adopt one of those dogs because they do all their filming well no that yes but no they do all their filming in October, so by oh. the time you and I hear about it, okay, it's you know. Wow, why do they do it so early? Well, they have. I think there was twenty three cameras 
Um, and so they have hours and hours and hours of footage okay. that they have to go through. <laughs> so to condense down to the two-hour yeah. special. When they first started it, I think it was like an all-day thing. And they just live-streamed yes. it. But I think now they've started to condense it down. And, and um, you can have a rooting interest. And, yeah. Yes, rooting interest. So uh, they, this was actually inspired by the Yule Log. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, so when they started it back in, in 2005, they kind of were inspired by the the whole idea of a Yule Log. And just have it going all day and yeah. just watching puppies run around. And people watched. Yeah. People watched. Yeah. Did, did you watch it all? Uh, I didn't catch it. No. Uh, I saw the highlights. Yeah. 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 Some good highlights. <laughs> yeah. Good. good uh, there was something else on the other day, too. I think it was the Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, whatever. <laughs> the um, So you may not know who the, the MVP was. I don't. So the MVP was, his name was Bumble. Bumble. Oh, okay. And he's the first special needs uh, puppy to win the MVP. Oh, wow. It was voted on by the fans. So he's he's blind and hearing impaired. Wow. Yeah. That's got to be chaotic for him. So that's pretty impressive that he won MVP. Yeah. Um, we, we I couldn't find the um, ratings from this year out yet. But last year, uh, the ratings did a, a one four one four six um, among the 25 to 54 demo. Um, so that that's their best ratings ever. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. And I, I heard that they year over year they were improving. Yeah. Um, which is pretty amazing. I, and did this air before the Super Bowl? Or yes. Dirt? Okay, yeah. Before the Super Bowl. Uh, and I think I, I might have watched a little bit last year or two years ago. Um, and for people who like dogs, it's just, you know, you just kind of zone in or zone out, I guess. Yeah. Um, but uh, And it's, you know, they've got commentary and everything. And yeah. So it's uh, it's also spurned a, a competitor hmm. in the Kitten Bowl on, <laughs> on the Hallmark Channel. Oh, uh, that's awesome. But uh, I also found out, uh, oh my gosh, I don't want to butcher it, but it was uh, the uh, halftime show. Yeah. I don't know if you saw this. was performed by Perun 5. Yes. With Adam Feline performing their hit, Meows Like Jagger. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they went all in on the puns, yeah. and I, I give them credit. That was yeah. pretty pretty great. They also had a sloth as a referee. Oh, I heard yeah. <laughs> or I saw that. That's I mean, they're just getting better and better. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that that's really that's what I got for in the news. Yeah, I think I I'll, I'll double down on that news. I think that was probably the most noticeable thing happening on Sunday. Yeah, so I think it's time to drop some knowledge. Oh, I I almost thought you said that again. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, so again, our, our topics pet pets and and I think. You know, you can you can see the the slant that Justin and I are both taking on the the dog side of mm. things this Maybe. this week. Maybe. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so we've we've got we've got the Western uh, Westminster Kennel Club this weekend, um, and uh, we've got you know the the defending or last year's winner was uh, Miss Betty Ann Stenmark. She's an interesting a name. Bichon Freeze? Bichon Freeze? Sure. Yeah. Sounds right. Yeah. Um, and now, the Bichon Freeze. I don't know. I probably butchered that, too. Sorry if you're an owner of that dog. I guess we didn't even really give a background of, like... Oh, yeah. We probably uh, should. Our... Yeah. 
You you go ahead. Talk about. Well, this is what made me think of it because in 2015, a beagle won Hmm. the uh, Westminster Kennel Club. So I personally have a beagle Mm -hmm. uh, named Bailey. She's nine. Uh, Currently, she's actually living at my mother's place over in Pullman, Washington. Mm -hmm. But my mom has uh, three acres of of land, so my beagle can just run around. A little more time too. Yeah, a little bit more time. Um, I've just been traveling a little bit too much this last year. So, um, that's where, that's where she's been. I miss her a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully one day I'll get her back, but, yeah. um, that's, that's my pet story. I, you know, I think we'll get into it this later, but I've always had dogs. Yeah. Um, never really had cats or anything like that. Okay. Um, but what about you? So, uh, with my wife and I, we have a, uh, little dog. He is a... Um, Chihuahua and um, Pomeranian mix. Oh crap! My, Alyssa might correct me on that already. <laughs> <laughs> I think I already screwed it up. But he is a Chihuahua mix. Um, he was a rescue. We rescued him uh, about two years ago uh, when he was maybe one year old. Uh, super shy, as you saw when you came over. Um, super skittish and and. Uh, with new people but once he warms up to you he is just shadow like yeah. he just always is around and um so his name is doc uh and uh he's awesome and then we also have a cat which i don't know if you knew this but uh her name is aria like aria stark um okay oh, game of thrones Sorry, yeah yeah you know. no i got gotcha. you i got gotcha. you um but uh yeah so her name is Ario. That was actually the first uh when we first moved out to Seattle, I think that was what six about 6 years ago our first Christmas out here. Uh, my wife had been asking for a dog for as long as I'd known her mm-hmm. and so I was like all right well here's a cat. Uh, <laughs> so I uh, wasn't ready to commit on a dog yet cuz there is a lot uh, a little bit bigger investment on that front but uh, I grew up with both cats and dogs so uh yeah, we'll get into that debate later, but um, but yeah, we have a cat, and and the sad thing about uh, having a cat is that pretty much every other friend we have out here is allergic to cats. So <laughs> every time we have people over, like people just don't know we have a cat because yeah. we literally have to put her in a room. I didn't know. Yeah, I didn't exactly. Know. Yeah. So, okay. There you go. Well, so so back to some history behind pets in general and the domestication of animals. Uh, dogs were the first domesticated species. Um, and they're actually the only live or only large carnivore that uh, is domesticated. Hmm. Interesting. The rest are herbivores. To think of, of other carnivores that would be domesticated, but yeah, I guess they can get pretty large. Yeah. So, so they came from wolves back when we were hunter gatherers. Prior mm-hmm. to you know the shift to kind of an agricultural, you know, farming yeah. um, species. Um, we, we as humans lived to, uh, together with wolves mm-hmm. and this is where the debate on when dogs became dogs, right. um, you know, really spurned. So there's kind of an early and a late domestication theory. The differentiation between dogs and wolves, um, is just really difficult when it comes to looking at, you know, dog remains and, mm-hmm. and, you're looking for the the various um, different features of a yeah. dog versus a wolf, which right. you know when you're looking at a skull is almost impossible. Mm-hmm. But almost uh, four hundred thousand years ago, uh, wolf bones 
um, were found near human bones. And so that was the first kind of thought of at least living together. Maybe sure. it wasn't necessarily a dog, but kind of somewhat of a, a um, unity between the wolf slash dog and mm-hmm. humans. Um, and then we, we fast forward a lot to 36,000 years ago. Um, and uh, there's some more disputed um, debate on the remains of, of thinking that, you know, the remains were found with dogs, but were they dogs at that point or were they still wolves and all that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff? Um, And it wasn't until uh, 14,000 years ago that the first uh, dog was buried beside uh, humans. Oh, okay. So about 600 AD. Yeah. Um, uh, The, it's the Bon Aber Castle dog, Bon Aber Castle dog. Okay. It's a. Uh, it's basically where the the remains were found. Okay. Um, it's the oldest modern dog uh, remains were found, um, fourteen thousand two hundred twenty three years ago. Wow. And this yeah. was in Germany. Okay. Get, hence the name. Yeah. Was so? Did they know what type of dog it was, or they just knew it was a dog? They they just knew it was or a or as a companion, a, I guess. Yeah, dog of. They were actually buried together. The human remains and the the dog rem, the um, wolf dog remains yeah. were buried together um, instead of being like in close proximity. So, mm-hmm. but then, uh, you know, what, what would you think the next, um, Oh, here comes doc. <laughs> uh, uh, what would you think the next, uh, animal that, that became domesticated was? Oh, uh, as like a companion, like a pet or just, just period, just, okay. just domestication of an animal. Um, I'm going to say a cow. It was actually a sheep. Oh, okay. Sheep and goat. Okay. Uh, cow was close, close in that yeah. same time frame. Yeah. Um, but but sheep's and goats were were the um, initial uh, animals that uh, that came along, and that was about ten thousand years ago, ten to eleven thousand years ago. Yeah. Um, now we flip it to the other side, and cats had lived alongside humans for thousands of years mm-hmm. um, before they. Um, became domesticated um and it's cats are even harder to determine the domestication because there was no genetic change between uh a wild cat and a domesticated cat whereas a wolf and a dog are very different um uh, but about eight thousand years ago uh the the thought was that um the cats were brought into agricultural communities to um, keep keep control of rodent populations, hmm. um, and so they were taken. You know, started to become taken on trips and on ships and things mm-hmm. like that to um, actually control the rodent population. And that's that's where um, you know we started to see the the domestication of cats, or, or at Got least it. I don't know if you really ever domesticate a cat, just yeah. the way that cats are yeah um they kind of are so self-sufficient that yeah i don't know that you ever i i'll get into this probably 10 times in this podcast but um as we're doing research on animals uh and especially cats and dogs it is again well i say it's a rabbit hole but it's really like a dog or a cat hole but essentially we're deep into like all this stuff and and i remember uh, learning about cats and just how they've 
transition and they really still operate very similarly to how they did when they were, you know, on their own doing their own thing. And yeah. they're just in a different environment. Um, but when, you know, your cat is skittish or clawing things or, you know, trying to be up high on a perch, like all those things are from, or the same tendencies that a normal cat in yeah. the wild would have. Yeah. And, and the one thing that I found is that genetically there's a, a tabby gene. So tabby cats. Okay are really the only th- only um, domesticated version of a cat. Oh, interesting. Um, so for what, what that's worth. Yeah, maybe they're just a little easier to tame or whatnot. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, with dogs, you, you had the uh, – they were bred to perform tasks. Mm-hmm. So you had, you know, your hunters or, right. or, or, you know, whatever it might be that the task – um, was asked of that mm-hmm. specific dog breed. And so they were bred for that. Whereas cats were never really, other than being rodent control, mm-hmm. they were never really asked to like do anything different right. based off of, you know, the type of cat that they were. Right. Interesting. All right. Well, as, uh, as we usually do, I like to bring a little bit of stats to the conversation and we, we kind of jump around a little bit with this, um, or with my numbers here, but Brian, what would you say? Um, what percentage of people have a pet in the United States? Ooh, 63%. Close, close. Uh, it is actually 53%. Oh. Um, so 53% have uh, a pet in the United States uh, in the Seattle area, for those listening over here, uh, 54%. So it's a little bit higher than the national average uh, own a pet. Um Really interesting stats, though. Uh, so overall, um, so in the Seattle area, it's uh, 35% uh, of people have dogs and 28% have cats. And I actually, um, there was a report that I was looking at um, that was pet preferences by region. Um, and this is by a company called Joybird that does studies into different animals and trends and, and whatnot. And um, they they looked at this by region and it was midwest northeast south and and west and as someone who's now lived on the west and the northeast i found this very interesting but uh so dogs um this is pet preference so it doesn't necessarily mean ownership but it is pet preference um is 81 percent dog on the west coast uh and on the um the other percentages are 74 73 77 for midwest northeast and south so uh, more likely to have essentially prefer a dog on the West Coast, um, and but even more shockingly is when you look at cat percentages for preference, uh, it's forty seven percent Midwest, forty six percent Northeast, forty six percent South, and only thirty five percent West. Wow! So as you probably can tell, is there is a strong favoritism towards dogs mm-hmm. and a um, the, quite the opposite for cats on the West Coast. And I thought that was really uh, not odd, but um, yeah, I don't. I'm I'm curious to know why. Uh, I don't, and it's hard because there's so many different pieces to that. But um, but it's definitely interesting to kind of see that across the board. And and um, you know, we get into other animals too. And I don't know about you. I, I used to own other animals. I had um, I've had birds before, bunnies, uh, gerbils, all that other stuff in the past. Uh, birds are the number three uh, in the U.S. Um, and they're but they're only at three percent. So really, when you get into the debates, it's it's really just cats and dogs. Yeah, when it comes down to it. Um, 
but uh, there there was an interesting from from the Washington Post. Um, there was a researcher Hal uh, Herzog um, of human animal interaction uh, at Western Carolina University, and in um, so what he was seeing was over the last couple of years is that there had actually been um, some flat ownership rates, um, and it's probably reflecting um, reflectant uh, as opposing trends. So. Um, on the acquisition side, he said he said that it's partially a result of social contagion and um, ubiquitous images of dogs and cats on social and, and traditional uh, social media. So that's basically your cat videos, your dog videos. It's just everywhere and yeah. anywhere. Um, and so that fuels a lot of people um, getting animals. Uh, but on the opposite side of things is that, um, and we talked about this in, in some of our other episodes with um, like traffic and whatnot, is the increased urbanization uh, numbers of people who are living alone and growing uh, minority populations uh, are fueling some of the decline. So as more people move into the city, um, you're less likely to have a dog because you can't, you don't have the space to do mm-hmm. it, or um, maybe you don't have the finance to, uh, to have it because you're paying so much for rent. I am surprised by the number of people I see in the city who have animals and, and yeah. you know, the amount of, uh, I wouldn't say effort, but uh, having to, you know, take them down on an elevator and mm-hmm. then, you know, going onto a sidewalk and maybe you don't necessarily have uh, a patch of grass for them to go on right. or, you know, some people buy those little patches of grass that they can put on their right. their uh, deck or whatever it might mm-hmm. be that they have. Um, so it, it is interesting, but I do notice a lot more than I think I would think. Right. Just I, you know, coming from a smaller town, everybody had a dog yeah. because you had a ton of r- right. room, and right. um, it also helped. You know, if alert you if somebody came up the driveway, sure. and yeah. you maybe you weren't expecting them. So, yep. kind of your pre-smart home. Yeah, no, it, it's interesting. I, I agree with you on that front too. Um, you know, it is pretty noticeable, uh, and I never lived in in like downtown philly when i was there but um out here it is very pet friendly i mean the fact that there even is um you know you can go to bars and it's a dog bar and they'll have bowls out for the dogs and you can be eating dinner and have your dog there yeah i it's still kind of like that was like very gimmicky if there was a place over where i was from that had that and it was like one in a million that you even find it so people Mm -hmm. would go because of that but here i mean in seattle i mean there's a lot of restaurants that don't even pitch it or don't even communicate it but like yeah you can bring your dog in yeah. it's no no big deal and yeah that is just like what what like you're eating and yeah, the whole it's a interesting concept but yeah i i would say that you are seeing more people and it is more common um than a lot of other cities and i don't know where seattle ranks on this whole thing but i would say that it's got to be in the top 10 in terms of um urban areas that have um a lot of of pets um still living there so i, I thought that was um, really interesting, but you know, on on the flip side of of the acquisition side, so um, people who you know things that are driving people to actually um, get pets and be more enamored by pets. Um, I went down another rabbit hole um, <laughs> in uh, pet influencers. So I don't know how much you know about these, but uh, so pet influencers. Uh, an influencer in general is just someone on usually social media that will uh, a company will will 
um, often reach out and talk with them and, and use them to advertise for them. Yeah. So mm-hmm. um, there's, uh, as you can guess, there's a lot of people that love looking at a lot of these pets. I don't know if you're one of these people, Brian, but... I, I'm not necessarily okay. who you should be marketing to. Yes. I'm not going to complain if it's there, but... Yeah. I mean, it's it's funny, with, and we'll get into the cat and the dog debate too, but I feel like so many people love cat video. I mean, they love dog videos too, but cat videos especially um, are such a really big market for that, honestly. And um, so one one of the um, studies that I was reading about was just talking about how animal influencers get more attention than human um, influencers. Oh, or yeah, for sure. Um, and uh, it, in some ways, uh, and just the influencer market, especially on the pet front, is, is relatively young. Um, it's the last five five or six years for a lot of these things, especially because a lot of these dogs are, or, or animals are, are younger. Um, so I would also say it's relatively untapped. So mm-hmm. as uh, someone like myself who is in the marketing world, it's kind of interesting to see, you know, how some of the, what impact these animals could have on a brand or uh, a campaign or something that might not, I think to date, a lot of them have only really been used. Not only there's, there's exceptions, but, like oh maybe i'll use this dog for my dog food campaign you know okay that makes sense but why not use it for something like a car commercial and use that famous dog in that car like that type of thing is uh it's interesting it's fascinating to me and yeah uh, it's it's surprising you know with the success that we'll just take super bowl ads sure the the success that they've had with animals in them it Mm -hmm. is surprising how long it took to translate to social media and and that type of marketing yeah because you think about the Clydesdales and like I think one of the most iconic Super Bowl commercials that I remember was I think I think it was a Budweiser obviously didn't do a whole lot of good but I remember they at least a commercial where the Clydesdales were playing football and the zebras were the the referees. referees yeah i remember that and there was a controversial call or something like that yeah. and obviously if it was Clyde sales it had to be it probably was uh i would also say one of the ones that jumped out there's actually two that jump out at me from recent years and one it was like both random one was a monkey just dancing and they're like oh we just wasted 30 seconds of your time yeah. and like five million dollars um, but they captured your attention, uh, and this again was years ago, so I don't remember who the sponsor was. But then there's another cat herding one. Do you remember that one? Yes. Where they're just like cat herding, and it was just ridiculous. But like animals are ridiculous, but they uh, people love animals in general. I mean, one out of two people have an animal, right? And that that doesn't even include the people that you know. You look at those other studies that say like, you know eighty percent of people like like animals or yeah. prefer an animal. So it's it's kind of cool, and um, in that that study, they said that um, you know by partnering with animal influencers, they're really resonating with their customers on a deeper level. So it's not just saying, "Oh, you like cars," okay, I'm going to sh- talk to you about cars. It's like, "Oh no, you love cars, and you like a, a dog," okay, then I'm going to pair these two great things together, or seemingly great things together, and then you know really resonate with you. And mm-hmm. I think that's that's really cool. Um, so I wanted to you know, just touch on a couple, and there are so many um, of these, but I wanted to, to touch on a couple of these. And if you're new to this pet influencer world and you like pets, I recommend following some of these because they are pretty entertaining. And again, this is just a tip of the iceberg. Um, I'll start with, with um, some a little bit sad news, um, but uh, if you guys have heard of Boo Dog, 
Um, he's a, a Pomeranian. Um, he they uh, will sh- like shave his fur a little bit, and he looks like a toy dog. Mm-hmm. Um, super famous. He's got sixteen point five million followers wow. on Facebook. That's insane. Wow. Yeah, he just passed away two weeks ago. So that's that was going to be my question. Is like we we would you know if it's you said five years ago is when this really started to pick yeah. up. Like we're starting to get to the point where some of these animals life expectancies sure. are probably coming yeah. up and and you know we're unfortunately gonna lose some of them right which is kind of interesting because so many people love all these right. you know think of these pets almost as their own pets yeah. because they have this connection with them on a daily basis or mm-hmm. weekly basis that it, it really might be like they're losing their own pet yeah yeah, it's it's tough, and I I mean I don't even follow Boo Dog, and I kind of got a little sad last night. Yeah. I was like, oh man, that w-. like, and and they always say it's like it's the cutest dog you could possibly see, and it is. Yeah. I mean, there isn't a cuter dog than it doesn't look real, and it's a real dog moving around. It it's just amazing, but but that's part of the business, I guess, and uh, and you'd think that there are similar trends and and animals that will pop up, and they pop up for all different things. It's not necessarily you know, the cutest dog in the world um, or cutest animal in the world. A lot of them are goofy looking or just do goofy things. And um, one of them, uh, which, you know, you could argue is is cute or not or whatever, but Doug the Pug uh, is another famous one. He's got uh, 6 million followers on Facebook and 3.5 on Instagram. Um, and he's just a pug and he, they dress him up and do fun stuff with him. And they, I, I watched again, when you get into videos, it's yeah. like, I was like yeah. midnight last night, just searching all this stuff and just watching videos. And they did a, uh, um, a pop culture video. It was like five minutes long. And I watched the whole thing just of like, they had like a breaking bad, Doug, the pug, and they had like a the hills and they i mean they just did everything yeah. game of thrones they, yeah. they just jumped around and just dressed him up and it was just it was ridiculous and yet i watched it and it wasn't even because i was doing a podcast it was just like wow this is kind of cool uh and funny so uh but doug DePuck has he has six million and, and 3.5 uh on the cat side uh nala cat which is uh i think the most popular cat is a siamese tabby mix uh 3.9 million followers on instagram um and then i thought was going to be the most uh famous cat but apparently not uh was grumpy cat Mm -hmm. uh which has 2.4 million on instagram uh, but does have 8.5 on facebook Mm. and i think uh, again really cool and cool or not i mean there's probably um advocates that don't like this type of you know taking advantage of their animal in this way um to dress them up and put this whole thing uh in a lot of the cases and i don't know how these uh, owners treat them but i i feel like they pamper them mm-hmm. um, so much and they love them so much um i'm sure there's exceptions but from what i've seen it seems that way um but grumpy cat was one of those that um i you can then make money off of these animals honestly like not only just what I'm about to get to with the advertising side of it, but, um, you know, they become their own brand. And, uh, I remember, uh, shout out to my sister, Kelly, uh, this was Christmas a couple years back. Um, I don't know how it happened, but we were watching TV, uh, and on probably lifetime or something else, uh, there was a movie called, uh, grumpy cat, like saves Christmas or something like that. It was literally, 
as ridiculous as that face as you made towards yeah. my titling of that. I um, made a face looking like Grumpy Cat. Yeah, you did. <laughs> and uh, it was amazing. It was hilarious. I loved it. I loved every bit of it. I think I ended up buying it for my sister the next Christmas. It's yeah. half, half as a joke, but... Um, I don't recommend going out and watching it, but if you want a good laugh, uh, whether you're laughing with it or at it, um, it's pretty great. And it had uh, the, um, I'm blanking on her name, I want to say April. Um, I, she was the voice of Grumpy Pat, like the the mind of it. She's from uh, Parks and Rec, if okay. you watch that. Nope. The, oh, man. Remember, that's a topic we have to have. Oh, it's just going to be me talking about comedies because Brian doesn't watch any. Well, I watched some, just just not the ones that are yeah. apparently popular with everybody. Yeah. Well, uh, the one thing I wanted to say about Grumpy Cat before I get into this that last little piece is that uh, one thing I found last night is that um, Grumpy Cat became popular uh, in 2012, um, and her real name is Tartar Sauce. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, like, mind-blowing. I was like, no, it's Grumpy Cat. You call it Grumpy Cat. It's like, no, it's Tartar Sauce is the name. No, I mean, no. I could see it not being Grumpy Cat, but but tartar sauce. Tartar sauce <laughs> yeah. was the yeah that was that was shocking for me as well. So, um, you know, the last thing, and I'll close out on the influencer side of things is um, so advertisers pay around one hundred dollars for every ten thousand followers per post. Wow! So uh, this, you know, when we're we were talking a little bit about this stuff in the last podcast with influencers on the makeup front. Um, and I forget what the conversion was for that for them. Um, I would say that this is pretty comparable. Yeah. Um, and so for comparison, Doug the Pug, who has uh, 3.5 million followers on Instagram, would get about $35,000 for one post. Wow. Yeah. So money to be made if you have a awesome and, – and you take some creativity. Too. Yeah. You can't just have an amazing – You have to build animal. the following. Yeah. And yeah, it, it's, yeah. It's a lot of work. So yeah, For sure. So that's that is crazy. Yeah. Is it time for the friendship test? I think so. Can we just become best friends? Yep. Well, for I think the, the logical uh first friendship test question mm-hmm. are you a dog person or a cat person? Well, um I thought about this not long and hard, but I thought about it and naturally Remember your wife is <laughs> In the building, and she can probably hear what you're going to say. I, she shouldn't have any concerns. I would say I am a dog person, um, but I will say it with an asterisk and say that I do like cats. Yeah. Like I have zero problems with cats. Yeah. Um, I just dogs are just a little bit more playful and fun and whatnot. Yeah, I I too am a dog person. I've had dogs all my life. Um, I realized after I said I have never had cats that I I had a cat um, and a couple of cats, actually, uh, living on the farm. They actually more farm cats. So I I don't even know if I count them as cats because, like, they didn't have a litter box. Like, we kind of fed them, but, like, we really didn't. They really, like, they were rodent control almost. Like, they they were kind of more your wild cat. Um, And... I, I feel like I got to go back in the day for this one. Thinking about cats back in the day, mm-hmm. um, I remember when I was probably about thirteen. Um, we we came home and, and we live in the country. Like 
eight miles outside of Pullman. Pullman's mm-hmm. real small anyways. But uh, came home one day, and I remember hearing some meows coming from across the road. And there was a there was another farm across the road, but the, the people's house was actually up on top of the hill. Mm-hmm. So they their house wasn't anywhere close. Yeah. Um, and I was hearing some meows from, like, a little bit of brush. Yeah. And um, I remember walking over across the ditch and finding, like, just this litter of cats. Like, they were just farm cats, really. Oh. Like, that that that's the best way to describe them. And they kind of adopted our family. Oh, yeah. Because the other house was so far away. Yeah. It, whereas ours was just, like, across the road and we had a short little driveway. But... Um, yeah they would come over to our house more often than not yeah um after they were done you know getting all the the mice yeah uh, from the barns that were there um but uh so that that was one of my back in the days but then i think i'd be remiss to not mention you know all the the animals that i've had throughout sure. my life um and uh so i had a uh my parents when i was born had a dog named katie she was an irish okay. setter Okay. Uh, the um, then for the rest of my life, I pretty much had golden retrievers until I got Bailey. Okay, um, and so I had Ozzy for Ozzy Smith. Okay, uh, Coco, uh, okay. and then then after Coco, I was obviously I was in college at that point. Yeah, um, and so my mom uh, got another uh, golden retriever named Katie. Again, okay. different spelling of Katie. Yeah. Uh, and the most recent one is uh, Lucilia. Lucilia. Oh. Interesting name. Uh, it's after some agricultural term that my mom, <laughs> I don't know. My mom okay. may listen to this and she'll okay. tell me that yeah. I got the name wrong. You butchered but, it. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, but another, as I was thinking about it, oh. I, I did have a guinea pig, or not guinea pig, hamster at one point. Okay. Funny story about the hamster. Got it from the pet store. Uh, and uh, bring it home, and I don't see the hamster. I know the hamster's in the cage for, or in the, the little, I don't know, cage, whatever you want to call it. Uh-huh. Um, uh, and about a week later, I find... Uh, this big nest had been built inside of that nest was like eight or 10 baby hamsters. What? Yeah. So the, the pet store had sold me a pregnant pregnant hamster. (laughs) So I went from having one, my parents, my parents were not pleased. I imagine. Cause they didn't want to have a hamster to begin with. And now they have like 10 of them. Yeah. Wow. What did you do? Did you just, we just kept them. Kept them? And, yeah. And, oh gosh, you know, so many. They, I think they passed, you know, yeah. not many of them actually lived very yeah. long. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we just kept them and yeah. loved as long as we. Um, so similar to that, uh, and I, I'm the two big stories I wanted to share um, are, are probably, don't, don't judge me or my family, but they're just the funniest ones that I was thinking back of the, of the years, but we used to have a ham or we had a hamster and I think it was my, uh, my brother's, um, brother Ron or Kyle's hamster, um, or gerbil, I forget, but I was, I was maybe six or eight or whatnot. And, uh, it was, um, a hot day 
and my mom uh, was cleaning the cage or whatever it was and so she put the gerbil outside um, and it uh, died of a heart attack <laughs> because it was so hot outside. That's terrible. So, terrible that we were laughing at that. Yeah, I know, I know. And it was it was totally accidental. And I, I, I found, I feel like it's horrible kind of looking back at it, but at the same time, it's like, I mean, it was comical at the time. Yeah. And I uh, had to explain to my brother that uh, what happened. And I, I don't even know if she told him that what happened until years later. But... Um, but another funnier one, um, so uh, when I was, uh, and this is at my own expense here, uh, I want to say I was maybe 12, but um, I might have been like 14 or something. Um, but we had a cat. Um, we had a couple cats. Uh, one, which was uh, throughout my life, I've had a number of cats that were indoor and outdoor. Um, we had an indoor cat that was named Jazz, um, and we had an outdoor cat um, that was... Uh, named Muffin and Muffin had a cage in our garage um, so she would come and, and go um, inside and outside the house but but she had a cage in the garage that she would spend a lot of her time she preferred that um, and there was one um, I, th- I want to say it was winter it was probably fall but it was it was chilly out um, and uh, I went into the garage and the cat is meowing like crazy I'm like, oh my gosh! Like, why is the cat? Do- like, what is going on? And uh, so I, I like came out of the garage. I was like, mom, like, and my family was all sitting around the TV. I was like, mom, like, why is she meowing? She's like, oh well, she's she's in heat. I was like, what do you mean she's in heat? It's so cold outside. <laughs> and like my whole family just was like, like laughed at me and made fun of me for years after that. But. Um, uh, yeah, I learned that day uh, what a heat means when an animal is in heat. Birds and the bees. Yeah, exactly. So, um, but yeah, that was uh, that was a little bit of my back in the day. Okay, well, back to our friendship test. Yeah, um, yeah. So we were talking, we were talking dog and cat. Yeah. Um, oh, I have a hot take. Yeah. That I want to say on that. Um, I, I, I might have mentioned to this to some some of the listeners before, but I think that these days. It is actually socially acceptable and even cool to not like cats. And I don't think, I think people feel like they have to have an opinion. Mm-hmm. And if they have to have an opinion, they, if they choose no. Like, like, they're not indifferent. They either do or they don't like cats. Mm-hmm. I think people can be a little bit more indifferent with dogs. But I've met so many people. And again, maybe this is a West Coast thing. Yeah. Um, but I've met so many people that one are allergic, and I get that. Yeah. I get the allergy piece. But people who aren't allergic are like, "Oh, cats are terrible." It's like, why? Yeah. Why do you? Why do you think that? And you're a dog person. I know you've had cats at the time. Do you feel like you don't like cats? No, I'm. I'm I would feel like I'm more on the indifferent side okay. of things. Yeah. That if the cat's there, it's fine. If yeah. it's not, it's not. But yeah. Uh, it. I. I do. I do see that because. Uh, I I know uh, one friend has or doesn't have a well hate would be a strong word but strongly dislike dislikes dogs okay Uh, and he he gets chastised for it all the time yeah oh I believe it if if you raise your your hand and say I don't like dogs you are public enemy number one now yeah 
Yeah. In today's society, it's just, it's crazy. And I, I mean, I love dogs. I just feel like from a cat perspective, I mean, they're, I mean, sure you can have bad cats just like you have bad dogs, but I feel like in general, they just do their own thing. Yeah, they do. And if you're cool with that, like, why not? Just kind of chill. I think the worst thing about the the cats is having a litter box and having to clean that up. But I will say, I mean, is cleaning up a litter box much different than cleaning up all the poop in the backyard that's true it's about the same yeah. so uh just one is in the house and kind of smells so uh <laughs> but yeah all right well let's let's jump to the the next one all right so well i wanted to know it is a pet that you can't actually pet or interact with worth it so like fish or oh good question things that are are i mean even like a turtle Sure. You can have a turtle and quote unquote play with it, but yeah. you're not, not really, really doing anything with it. Like yeah. there's a lot of things that you really are just feeding them. Yeah. You know, snakes, lizards, you know, any yeah. reptile really. Mm-hmm. Uh fish. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of people like that fish. Yeah. I feel like um some of those well, some of those I fish in fish in general. Um and my mom actually owned a business at one point that um sold the beta fish and and whatnot we don't need to get into that but i had a lot of fish she went to the tea and then yeah she's an entrepreneur she jumped around with a lot of different stuff um but we used to have more fish uh even before then uh more when i was younger also got a fish in college um and uh i feel like fish in general are a good intro animal right because all you need to do for the most part aside from cleaning and whatnot every once in a while is feeding it with um you know a little bit of food or whatever Mm -hmm. um snakes all those other ones like i feel like the the fish are good for kids right Mm -hmm. or or like a kind of a joke as a college family in apartment to have like oh this is our fish (laughs) oh is that what happened yeah pretty much um but uh but essentially um i get i get the fish but the other animals i don't get and i i I just if you can't and and you could argue cats are doing their own thing whatever but no they're still interacting yeah you you can still pet yeah you can pet a cat you're not petting a snake you're not petting an iguana you're not really playing around with them even that much i you know sure they're still pets but I have zero interest in ever having any one of those. Yeah. And I would be kicked out um, if I ever bought a snake. <laughs> <laughs> My wife does not like snakes. Yeah, I, I'm on the same wavelength. I just it doesn't make sense to me. Um, I think I think fish again to a point, mm-hmm. um, but I would prefer a dog or a cat over. Yeah. Either, fish just become annoying because they don't provide much other than just swimming around and then they just are like okay i feed him and then like once a month or just, you know every couple months i don't know what it is you have to clean that bowl and that's annoying and it's gross and it smells and- i do like i do like you know fish tanks as like centerpieces of or you know some type of almost as an art right sure, it's like a yeah. moving art yeah I like so that. If, if there's if the it's a nice big aquarium yeah that you know maybe is a feature of a room mm-hmm. and, and would be something like a, a you know picture on on a mantle or mm-hmm. that type of thing i, I think yeah. that makes sense yeah. you know it's like a moving piece of art but yeah. but as a pet and and i, I yeah i agree with that too mainly 
uh, on the front that you can get some beautiful fish. Yeah. And the fishes mm-hmm. I've ever had, I mean, just they were just boring. Right. When you t- start to talk like saltwater and, yeah. and some of the oh, expensive stuff, yeah, you can get some really cool yeah. fish. Yeah. If you can afford those fish, I'm also and and have a tank that supports it. You yeah. can also afford someone to come and clean that tank. So then it's only benefit. You can just enjoy it for what it is, and you don't Probably have the an auto the, feeder. Yeah, sure. Why not? Um, but yeah, okay. Well, uh, are you? Uh, I feel like I know this one, but are you a big or a small guy, dog? I actually prefer big dogs. Okay. Um, because that's what I grew up with. Yeah. The reason I got a beagle was because I was in an apartment at the time and I wanted a dog, so I okay. wanted a smaller dog. Yeah. But I like big dogs because maybe the biggest reason is I don't have to bend down to pet my dog. Yeah. Like, I can be standing it's and... good for tall people, better on your back. Yeah. <laughs> and I can just pet pet my dog yeah. and they can be sitting, seated down and, uh, you know, have their head up and I can, you know, pet them sure. without bending down. Yeah. Whereas... You know, with the smaller dogs, it's almost like I will then sit down and it'll become like a lap dog. Yeah. And not that I don't like that, but I just like being able to, as I'm walking, you know, from the kitchen to the living room, Mm -hmm. oh, I'm going to, you know, I can just walk by and pet my dog. Okay. That's fair. I, um, so for me, I would, uh, categorize myself as a small dog person. Mm -hmm. I, we currently own a, a small dog. Um, I, the, my mom currently has, uh, two small dogs, uh, about the same size as, as our, uh, mix as well. So I kind of spent a lot of my, uh, years with small dogs. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the first dogs that I actually ever had was a St. Bernard. Um, and I was younger at the time. Well, obviously I was younger, but, uh, Big dog. I was like maybe six, five or six years old when we had him. Um, and, uh, he was just huge. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, there's a middle ground in there, but I, I think there was some great pieces to it, but then like, I mean, St. Bernard's also drool a lot. So Mm -hmm. like he could just put his head up on like the table and just like would be drooling everywhere on the table. It's like, come on, man. Like, so I really like the aspect of a small dog. You mentioned the lap dog. Like, I mean, our, uh, doc in particular, he's a snuggler so like he'll just come up and nuzzle himself right next to you and Mm -hmm. just like i don't know there's just something nice about it It just makes you happy when it happens and not that big dogs don't do that but that is something that i feel like uh small dogs are just that's their wheelhouse do you ever find that that people are so cliquish with their dog breeds too Mm -hmm. that uh, i'm thinking saint bernard's in particular like saint bernard's german shepherds corgis Mm -hmm. Golden Some, retrievers, yeah, even. golden retrievers to an extent. The, mm-hmm. When you go to a dog park, those people all congregate together oh, yeah. because they're like, for some reason, they feel like they have this now immediate connection yeah. because you have the same type of dog. Yep. It's the the animal world and pets in general is just it's really interesting. I think people, like you said, people connect, uh, you know, and that's why so many people follow these dogs. And it's not even they just love pets in general there, but. But just yes, they'll they'll bond together over. Oh my gosh, you also have a Bernese Mountain Dog. Oh mm-hmm. my gosh, we're like twins. Let's hang out. Let's go to parks together and let's, you know. And that's cool. There's nothing wrong with that. But just uh, it's interesting from a dog standpoint. Um, you know, being like, oh, we have the same dog. We're the like. Let's let's hang out. Yeah, this is funny. Yeah. Well, um, we are 
I think almost at an hour, if oh, not really? over an hour. Oh, jeez. Yeah, we're we're oh, cruising. I wasn't watching the clock. We're lots to talk about. With that. Yeah, lots to talk about. So I think it's time for our delusional thinking. You really are crazy. So this week's delusional thinking uh, was an interesting one. So uh, similar in the pets theme, you have the choice. So you can have every animal at your will. So essentially, I would say not only a pet, but yeah. you can Animals, say, yeah. Mr. Do Doolittle. Yeah. Mr. Doolittle. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Perfect example. Um, or you can be the wealthiest person on the planet. Yeah. So simple concept, but I'm curious which path you go. You know, um, initially I thought this was going to be an easy one. Yeah. And then I think I decided to switch my answer. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, initially, I was like, "Oh, yeah, of course, I want to be the wealthiest person on the in the world." Yep. But I think I'm gonna have to switch my answer to have every animal at, at your will. Okay. The reason being, there are a lot of animals in the world. Yep. And so to be able to to control all of those animals is a real asset to you know a potential money making as you know sure whoever the wealthiest person in the world is i could go say all right mr whale while this wealthiest person is on on their yacht you're gonna tip their yacht over and and okay. you know all of this stuff like so you're going into like mastermind evilness yeah. oh yeah, almost. yeah. Okay. yeah for sure like well i mean in terms of it's not even evilness it's the getting what the other yeah. option is, right? Mm-hmm. So I could potentially utilize my powers with all of these animals to become the wealthiest person in the world. Yeah, that's that's fair. So I think it will also be kind of fun, yeah. you know, being able to say, oh, that little bird outside, uh, here, I'm going to give you this, and you're going to fly, mm-hmm. and you're going to send... You know, my mom message mm-hmm. over in Eastern which, Washington. Which, by the way, carrier pigeons, yeah. it fascinates me. Yeah. Like, that that was a thing, and that we don't even just as, you know, I just kind of wish we still did it. Yeah. Like, just for fun. Yeah. Like, they have a pigeon. Well, it's that, like, like all those animals that, um, you know, the uh, eagle that always goes around to all of the games and flies from the mm-hmm. stands and yeah. swoops around and then sure. always lands at somebody. Yeah. Like, how it can do that yeah yeah obviously the carrier pigeon idea but just fly from like town to town and be like i don't like but did that actually really happen i hope so (laughs) was that just in the movies we need to look that up for next episode to confirm or deny okay it might be just the movies but i feel like it was a thing it was in game of thrones so obviously (laughs) it's <laughs> That's um, the determining factor yes, if something course, is real. If it's real or not. Dragons yeah. are real, Brian. Dragons uh, are real. Okay. Um so uh okay, so my thoughts. Um so I this is this is gonna leave um little for our debate today, but my mindset actually was pretty similar to yours. Um so the um the richest man uh in the country is Jeff Bezos. Yeah. Um, and uh, I had how much money he makes, but I'll, I'll have to pull that up in a second here. Scramble for this. He makes 112 
billion dollars. Wait, so, he's worth that. He's worth that. Oh, okay. Right. Was, I was gonna say. Worth that. I was gonna he say he makes that in a year. Holy no, cow! No, um, no he business. is he is the richest man in the world, Jeff Bezos, um, and he makes one hundred twelve billion dollars. So he, he's worth that. Yeah, with a B. So that I at first I was like going first to the um to the animal thing. Then I was like, well, 112 billion dollars like worth. I mean, that's pretty epic. But in a lot of cases with stuff like this, I tend to lean towards the more interesting story aspect. <laughs> and so I just feel like it would be a lot more fun being someone who can control animals. And I may not go the route, maybe at least not at first, as you went to, where <laughs> I'm now, you know, taking a whale and tipping over Jeff Bezos' boat um, and somehow getting his money in the middle of that. Um, oh, but, I've got my plan. Okay, all right. Um, <laughs> but, sea stars holding him down to the bottom of the sea floor oh, as he... <laughs> it's true. I mean... It's it's funny, you know, I was looking around too, um you know, you mentioned Dr. Doolittle and he could he could essentially talk to animals yeah. um but wouldn't necessarily control them. He could they operated just like a normal Yeah, but I mean like them acknowledging him and sure. being able to talk to him I think yeah. was that yeah. fascination and yeah. so they would do that whatever right. he wanted to but yeah. Um You're right. but I mean you talk about uh like Aquaman for instance. Mm-hmm. Aquaman can can talk and uh, almost understand the animals and like feel for them and and then also have them you know do things for him he, kind of a, as beck and call so there's something really fascinating about that and i just think like you i i, I again with a lot of these things go towards the money route too mm-hmm. um where i'm just like oh i could just put on a show and just be like hey bear do this or, yeah. hey elephant do this or like you know and, and profit off of it yeah and uh and you know i don't i was gonna say i'll give them a cut but i don't know what they want <laughs> give them I'm, as much fruit and berries yeah, whatever they want just tell maybe maybe bear. that elephant really wants uh a cheesesteak and he could tell me that and i'll get him a cheesesteak yeah. right like i i could provide at a higher level for that animal um and i just i don't know there's just there's more story to it the money Money is is cool. Uh, you can do a lot of fun stuff with money, but um, I just feel like I'd rather go with the adventurous side of it. And plus, like, can you imagine like having a lion as like a pet? Yeah. Or, or, like, just like, oh yeah, it's my lion. Like, dude, you, you you can't eat anybody if they come over, but let them pet you and hang out and play games with us. Like, you know, that'd be awesome. I'd be the coolest guy in the world. <laughs> so uh, we uh, we don't do this very often, Brian. Yeah, that's two. I think two. Yeah. Um, two in the last like ele- two in the last eleven. Yeah, because um, it's episode eleven. Yeah, yeah. So not not bad. Odds yeah. are getting better. Yeah. Well, uh, I I think uh, we're we're well over our mm-hmm. normal allotted time. Sorry for rambling again. Yeah, it, it's a little uh, uh, pets close to close to our heart, as yeah. is with all of these topics. So yeah, you know we've been pretty good about keeping this at at a little over an hour for you and uh we want to thank you for joining us and and uh thanks justin for letting us use your house this time yeah, and no problem and uh you know we'll have to have to figure out what we're going to do for our next episode but uh maybe we'll come back yeah and uh we'll, we'll see but um 
As always, follow us on Facebook at Quest for 100 Podcast. Uh, Brian's been posting all the the uh, recent pods up there, and then uh, I'll I'll add in a little bit here and there. I posted just posted all of our delusional questions. If you I haven't caught all of them, so if you want to take a look, and maybe that'll inspire you to listen to a specific episode. Um, but yeah, and and I I wanted to sign off like uh, like a true champion here um and as the legend bob barker would always remind us help control the pet population have your pets spayed or neutered and with that thanks for joining us on the quest for 100 see ya